This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? It is episode 181 of Top Rope Nation. WWE Hell in a Cell just wrapped you can see kyle ross he's excited to talk about it my name's ryan drosty of comicbook.com and we're here to break it all down for you everything we just saw take place uh we had three big hell in a cell matches tonight we had a title change that we're going to talk about a whole lot more before we get to it though let me introduce the usual co-host i am joined i just mentioned a mr kyle ross out in cleveland ohio kyle what's going on do 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 Oh, you didn't know? Your COVID-19 takes really suck. Oh, I didn't even see what happened there. Well, <laughs> I've seen a few from him in the past, though. Just so. imagine. I guess I'm not too surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Joint, my good friend across town from me here. What's going on, Justin? Oh, not much, buddy. Don't have a, a cool singing intro like good old Kyle Ross over there. Yeah. You should have busted out the, it's me, it's me, the Q to the A to the N to the O to the N. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Well, hey, if you are joining us in the chat room tonight, let us know you're there. Um, as you can see on the screen right now, we're trying something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to be doing these live shows out to the world every time there's a pay-per-view, pretty much, as long as we can schedule it. And uh, so we think it'll be a lot of fun to get people involved in the show. If you're listening to the podcast version after the fact, as always, thanks for listening. But I think the real fun thing here is to, is to join us on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash top rope nation. Uh, you can see on the video stream here, we've got the chat room integrated into the video. So if you talk, it's going to show up in our video stream tonight. We're going to try to get you guys involved, get some interaction going as we talk about hell in the cell 2020 and what we saw tonight uh, of course before we get started we do want to mention top rope nation is members of the blue wire podcasting network check out bluewirepods.com for all your podcasting needs and uh, later in the show you're going to be hearing some from some good sponsors of ours as well now if you are listening here on youtube and you're watching make sure you hit that subscribe button down below 
that way you don't miss any of the upcoming live shows as well as all the, the whole back catalog. We do post videos of our weekly podcast each and every week, although those are after the fact. The only way you can watch those live is to become a patron of the show. Go over to patreon.com slash Nation. Find out how you can access the exclusive live feed of Top Rope Nation each and every week. But like I said, we're going to be doing it for everybody outside of Patreon uh, when it comes to these pay-per-view review shows, which are always a lot of fun. If you're new to the show, Top Rope Nation has been around since the summer of 2016. I've been doing this with two of my best buddies for a long time. We have a lot of fun. We think you're going to enjoy uh, listening in on what we have to say tonight and each and every month. So um, guys, as we often do with these pay-per-view review shows, let's just throw it around the horn. Give it a grade, A through F scale, what did you think of Hell in a Cell tonight? I'm going to go to Justin first. What did you grade the show overall? C plus, Ooh. maybe a B minus. Um, it was a three note show with a little dash of Tucker sprinkled in. Uh, for everything good that happened, it, it was immediately followed uh, internally with like, why, you know, dot, dot, dot kind of question. So. Uh, it was just a little uh, little tainted for me. Okay. Uh, Kyle, you were kind of hinting off air that maybe you wouldn't be as positive as some others on this show. Uh, what, what would you grade it? B minus C plus sounds right. Maybe I could be convinced of B. But okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll go B minus for minus. the official one. Yeah, right in the middle. My usual grade for every wrestling pay-per-view in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like that is right about where we've been. I've got Kyle Ryan in the chat room, our good friend, our social media manager of Top Rope Nation. Kyle gives it a B minus, oh, uh, right in line with Kyle Ross. And uh, Justin Joint gave it C plus, B minus. You guys are all pretty close. Uh, I don't even know if I introduced myself. Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com, by the way. Uh, I'm going to give the show a B plus. I'm going to be oh. the positive one tonight, I guess. I'll, I'll go a little bit higher than you guys. I did enjoy the show overall quite a bit. There's some things I would have changed about it. But, uh, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, let, let's see what our, our users, on, our followers, I should say, on Twitter have given the show. We're 87 votes in at Top Rope Nation. And uh, we've got 51% giving the show a B, 33% an A. 10% a C and 4% a D or F. Those people are really harsh on him. My good buddy Aaron Graham up in uh, Minnesota, he gave it a B plus as well. So he's right there with me. I got some support. Thank you, Aaron. For throwing that out there. Appreciate it. No uh, Vikings today. I had to be happy about something. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, I mean, overall, yeah, you, you start out now. I don't, Did you guys watch the pre-show, by the way? Because... I don't think I you did guys not. Did. I'm sorry. I, I almost always watch the pre-show, but I a derelict of duty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> not taking this thing as seriously as we should. Yes. Uh, Alex McCarthy in the chat. He is given it. He says he was ready to go A or A minus until the main event. Push it down to a B plus. We're going to talk about that because I want to I want to compare the cell matches and what we thought of of that match going on late uh, last in the main event slot. Um, let's just do that right off the bat. What did you guys think was the what was the best Hell in a Cell match tonight. We had the opening match between Roman and Jay, which I think surprised people that went on first, and then the women's match halfway through, and, and then Drew and Randy in the main event slot. Uh, which which did you guys prefer? Justin, which of those three did you think was the best? Uh, I think it's pretty easily for me, Reigns versus Jay. Uh, best story, I think, by a long shot. Uh, 
Bailey and Sasha was really good. Just too much of the like uh, fighting and then pause to set up what the next big spot was going to be. Even if that spot doesn't end up working like the stupid kendo sticks with the duct tape. <laughs> that was that was pretty bad. That was not not the greatest. Yes. Kyle, would, would you uh, agree with them or would you go with the women's? No, I, I preferred Rain Suso's uh, of the three. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think it went too long. Yeah. Aaron which... in the chat agrees with us. I, I agree too. I do think it was a little bit long, but I mean, it's hard. The emotion in that match was unbelievable. I mean, I'm still shocked it went on first, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I mean, geez. Yeah, that was because stuff. Y- you're right. Because when the decision was made and we didn't know the finish yet, with Drew and Orton going on last, you know, we're talking, it's like, well, does Edge return? Or are they just trying to send the crowd, crowd, quote unquote, crowd home happy? You know, why would you put that on last? And in retrospect, I guess just because it was a title change is why it went on last. Yeah, so there was a lot of so over in comic book we have a you know a chat room with all the writers and stuff, and we were trying to get articles ready for what would happen in, in that main event slot. And there's a lot of talk about maybe Edge is going to come back, you know, at the end, and that's why it went in last, or or the cash in, I guess just yeah the title switch. But like I don't even think the title switch means you had to do it in that situation. I mean the women's match had the title switch. That's so. true. Yeah, and it was a babyface win too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the the women's match was was a much better match than the main event match. I thought. I think you go the women's match versus Roman and Jay. I think they're pr- they're pretty neck and neck. I thought both were excellent matches, which is kind of why I was at about that B plus level grading the show overall. Um, looks like Kyle Ryan in the chat room picked Bailey and Sasha. Um, so, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go Rome. I'll make it a three for three. I'll go Roman and Jay, but I, I could definitely see giving it to the women's match. So how long did Bailey and Sasha officially go? Cause I know drew and Randy also went 30 minutes, just like 26, Roman and Jay. 27. Okay. So you basically, right had, that. you had three 30 minute cage matches on this show. Um, I have a question for y'all Yeah, because th- this is something that came to me before this pay-per-view even began. Would this show have been better if it was only the three cell matches and instead of other just blatant buffer matches in between, they would have just gone to like talking and analysis. Granted, that means we would have had to suffer through the talking and analysis of the World Wrestling Federation of like Jerry Lawler, Booker T and Jeff Jarrett. But like, what do you think about that idea? That if it was only the three cell matches and they treated it like a sport with you know, analysis in between. Go ahead, Justin. I saw you were going to say something there. Well, I guess the key there is the analysis in between. The analysis has to be somewhat lengthy and it's got to be good. And I, I just have no faith in them being able to pull that off. Uh, just, you definitely need that space in between. True. I just think wrestling as a buffer between wrestling is kind of weird. Like if something is comes across as totally meaningless, and, and to be fair, there was a you know they changed the money in the bank in one of those ma- quote unquote buffer matches, but um, I don't know why you do a match on a pay per view if it just really isn't important. You know, it's kind of funny speaking of that. Like uh, when my kid is watching cartoons and it's something where like we can fast forward through, he has now gotten to the point where he gets to a commercial, he just yells Marshall at us. And <laughs> he he was, uh, during the Bailey-Sasha match, he was actually sitting right next to me very intently watching it. 
And when they had that uh, backstage segment with the Hurt Business, he looked at me and goes, Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Here's what I'll say about that. Uh, My oldest daughter, who's almost five, she'll kind of watch wrestling here and there, but usually only in the women's matches. And she loves Sasha Banks. Uh, And she watched that match for Sasha. But (laughs) to the point of the matches being a little long, she got bored and she she went upstairs. She was like, just tell me who wins. And she left. (laughs) So maybe there was a little something to to him being a little too long, but man, I, I think I you can them. get. I think you can tell these stories in five or ten less minutes. I get that because they're always like, "Well, you got to tell the story." I I haven't seen a WWE story in the last several years that couldn't have had five ten minutes shaved off of it. An yeah. in ring story that is. Well, hey, we talked about that, guys. Uh, check out the podcast archive. If you didn't hear our most recent show, we went back and we reviewed. Uh, well, actually, we kind of did some research and looked at all of the WCW Halloween Havoc shows in anticipation of NXT bringing back the concept this week. And when we talked about you know, some of the best matches in Halloween Havoc history, notably Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, which was like, what, just under 15 minutes. We talked about how you could have an all-time legendary match and they don't have to be a half hour long. Correct. And we see that all the time in the modern product. So, yeah, three 30-minute I do think you needed the buffer matches, though, just to cool it off a little bit. I think if you would have just had those three, even with the talking, I don't know if they could have held my interest through the talking. I mean, not that the matches were great either, but I I like to watch wrestling. I guess. Okay. I mean, I guess if you're going to give the people a piss break, give them a piss break. Yeah. (laughs) You know, don't like pretend like it's not a piss break. I guess it was, uh, you know, my thought there. I have a question. What do we think about having three cell matches on this show? Too much. Too much. Yep. Sh- all right. Should we get into the opener? Because hey, in yeah, my that- note. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when I said earlier that with with every good, it was immediately followed with something bad in my head. And with that Roman Reigns and Jay match, my very first thought after it in was like, why was that a hell in a cell match? That was in my notes as well, you know, especially when they brought the strap out and that played such a big role. I mean, you could have made it an I quit strap match. I mean, my God, they were, you know, with the hell in the cell there, they were about a, you know, a couple tuxedos and a coal miner's glove away from being Tibiasi Duggan. <laughs> but with all the stipulations they were running, I, yeah. I just, the, the cell was totally pointless yeah. in that. So, I mean, they could have told that exact same story without the cell and then it's, you know, you're not doing overkill on your gimmick. Mm-hmm. I think it just gets back to that. We've talked about this in the show before. We just don't like the idea that they have a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell where you're forced to do a Hell in a Cell match or multiple Hell in a Cell matches like we saw tonight. You know, you look at Sasha and Bayley. Would have been a much better WrestleMania match if you bring out the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Although, to be fair, because, you know, we've, I think, all three been on board. Your point right there. The Sasha-Bayley feud organically... It was an okay. It was it was the right time to do a hell in a cell. Maybe now we'll talk about it later. What do you do from here? Mm. But you know, I, I think it didn't feel off like they were rushing to it because it's October and there's a pay per view. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I could be. Oh, wrong. I agree. No, okay. I agree. Um, did you guys like the clash match better than the hell in a cell? Ray and or uh, Jey Uso and Roman. Pardon me. Mm, that's a tough question. I think I like this one. I felt like the emotion was just ramped up a little bit. I mean, geez, you had Roman Reigns shedding tears after the match. I mean, I know it was after the match, but it's still part of the same presentation. I think I, I think I like this one better, personally. I, I do. I did like 
Roman Reigns' uh, acting there towards the end. And and frankly, to all the fans out there, appreciate him now because I, I, he's going to be gone in three years. He's going to be in Hollywood with John Cena. Um, but what took me out of it was I just had that moment where it's like, wait, are they doing a referee stoppage again in the Hell in a Cell? Uh, and that kind of took me out of it until we got to the Jimmy Uso stuff. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with the Clash match because that was just top notch from beginning to end. You know why I think I liked the Clash match better is that it caught me off guard. What they did. I was like, whoa, they're like, this is totally unique. This is, they kind of just did what I thought they were going to do mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, that's not to say it was bad because it was, like I said, it was the best of the three cage matches. What do we think about the talking that they're doing? Obviously now you, you can't really do that if there's a normal crowd per se. Mm-hmm. Is that something you like? Is it a necessary adjustment to empty arena wrestling? Is it something you want to see continue more? I think it adds a lot, at the very least, to this storyline. I I think they're doing really well with it. Yeah. I think, and we got a lot of stuff going on in the chat, too. I'm going to get to that in just a second because I want to talk about what people are talking about there. But uh, to your point, Kyle, I like it. Um, I do. I want to see it continue a little bit. I mean, they have done that pre-COVID era here and there. Uh, especially in like the Brock matches where you can hear him talking to his opponents over the years. Yeah, Suplex City, bitch. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I like it here. I loved the part at the beginning of Roman and Jay where Jay was screaming at him about how he's changed. And Roman said, I only changed because I had to, to feed our family. That was good <laughs> stuff. I also loved Roman's golden glove, you know, right out of Marvel yes, Comics. Same. Same. <laughs> it was like he was wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Love that. There was a lot of comments about that on Twitter uh, and over, of course, on comicbook.com. Everyone was noticing that. Uh, Roman, I will end you as a warning as he had Jay down who wouldn't quit. You know, quit or I will end you. That was great. I think I think it, it played into this match perfectly. Uh, I see Alex in the chat loved the talking as well. Alex also said, I think the Reigns Uso stuff has been some of the best storytelling and Roman selling has been nearly perfect. I concur agree um aaron in the chat said that they could have just done an i quit for this match you know and saved hell in the cell later on yeah i I thought that too there was a point during the match where i'm thinking like what's the point of the cell (laughs) they're just having an i quit match especially once they brought out the strap like just just make it a strap match but we're all in agreement that this is clearly the role for roman reigns and all that fighting they did for all those years to make him a baby face yeah just seems silly in retrospect. I mean, this they got the nuance right in this feud. And I think, Ryan, it was just a show you and I did once. Remember, we were, I believe I was sitting down here in the basement in the afternoon. And I said, I'm sorry, Justin, I wished you were there. You were there in spirit, <laughs> I believe. Justin but can't I, do those shows with us yet. It was the SummerSlam preview. Mm-hmm. Or, no, it wasn't the SummerSlam preview. It Because they didn't wrestle at SummerSlam. It might have been the Clash. I don't know, it was something. We were talking about Roman J. So... And you and I both said, you know, nuance isn't something WWE usually does well, but they did it well in this situation. You have a very strong heel champion in Roman Reigns. Uh, loved the appearance of Afa and Sika, that was by the great. way, after the match. That yeah, was a nice was little excellent. touch. But you need some strong babyface challengers now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we know Big E, we think, is a long-term destination. But in between now and then, you got to heat some baby faces up for Roman. Yeah. Um, can I get a couple more things on this match? Yeah. Uh, one, I think they've very nicely planted some seeds for a possible uh, Jay versus Jimmy feud. Specifically, Jimmy has kind of cost Jay the match in the last two matches. Um, and then the other thing I was kind of thinking about watching this match is 
how it really could have gone over the top with some blood. And it made me wonder if like more than any other match since WWE went PG, if this is the match I would choose to have blood in. Is there any other standouts that would have been like enhanced by a little blading? God, I'm sure there is, but mm. they're slipping my mind right yeah. now. Be, I, to be honest, I mean, I'll, there's. you look back at the history of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, I'm sure there's contenders there. Yeah. The problem is I just can't re- necessarily remember all of the Hell in a Cell matches. I guess, I guess for me, just with this one, this entire feud is based on blood, their family. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that Jay was wearing all white, it's like, oh man, that would have made for a great visual. Sure. Mm. Would you have done it like at the moment where uh, he had his head kicked into the uh, the ring post from the stairs? Would that have been the moment where you brought out the blood? If not even sooner, because actually I I didn't really buy how beat up he was after the, the, the stairs. Yeah, I mean, they were selling it. The announcers did a good job of that, but you're right. I think to get over the gravity of the beating, you know, certainly in another era, uh, He's gigging. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. If this is, you know, 1980, 1985, whatever, he's gigging. Yeah. 1995. Alex in the chat, when he when Jay came out in white, he thought he was he was blading for sure. And then Reverend Nebraska, what a name. And our chat room says, we're going to get a Rikishi appearance at some time since we had the Wild Samoans out there. I mean, it could happen. Bring in the Usos father. We'll see. But uh, no, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great... Even though I, I had issues with it going on first, I thought it was a great start. Um, and, you know, I, I guess there's the rumors about if we're going to be having this uh, this faction forming. I thought the I thought the finish was pretty creative. You know, when they went through all of that where Jay was just motionless and he hadn't given up, you're kind of wondering, like, how are they going to do this? Is he, is he going to pass out and they're going to stop it? What's going to happen? And I was also thinking in my head, too... It was getting a little ridiculous. They hadn't stopped it because you think back to like WrestleMania 13, the I Quit match famously was stopped because Austin was unresponsive, right? And they hadn't mm-hmm. done it. I guess Jay was like slightly more responsive than Austin. Yeah, he just wasn't talking. Yeah, he had to, he had to do no. I did like our good friend Garrett Gonzalez uh, referencing Roddy Piper's atrocious uh, job of special refereeing at WrestleMania 11. Yeah. One of the worst special referee <laughs> performances in the history of this great sport. Second only to Gene Kaniski. Stark at 83. Yeah. But I, I I liked it. I like you bringing Jimmy out, and then Jimmy gets in the guillotine, and Jay basically gave up to save his brother. I thought that that was pretty creative, and I thought they had a pretty good out. And, you know, it does build some intrigue in where they go next, and if they do somehow get to that, uh, you know, the tribe or whatever they're going to form with Roman and, and uh, his cousins, we shall see. But uh, let's see, Kyle Ryan in the chat. We know Big E is getting a push, but we also have the Rock rumors swirling around. Does Roman need the belt for a match against the Rock, or would it still work without it? I like when those matches are for the championship. I like when the main event is the main event. I don't like when they have, you know, four or five matches that could be the main event. That's just the old school in me. Yeah. Some people have a different opinion on that. Reverend Nebraska says, remember the Fiend got hit by a toolbox and the match was called, Oh, Do We Ever? (laughs) Check out our Patreon page. We did a bonus post show of last year's Hell in a Cell where uh, Kyle and myself for about a half hour ripped that match to shreds. It's it's an edition of Top Rope Nation Extra, patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. The link is in the description of this video. It was a great show. Very, very entertaining show. The podcast, not the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, was that <laughs> yes. also the same pay-per-view that we had that epic tweet that we discussed where some knob on Twitter was like, you know what they should do with those make 
the wish kids have the fiend come out and hit sister Abigail. Eat. Oh, yeah, it might have been. Oh. <laughs> By the way, I do want to say too, guys, if you are watching on YouTube and if you haven't subscribed to the channel, you'll notice at the bottom right hand of the feed, it has uh, has usernames down there. If you hit subscribe, your name will show up in the video feed. So hit subscribe right down there below if you have not already. We also have a tip jar. If you leave us a tip, an animation will come across the screen. I don't want to shill too much, but it, it's down there in the description of the video. So if you want to get involved, some couple uh, cool options that we have there. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. After that opening match, we had Elias and Jeff Hardy because we can't get away from people bashing Jeff Hardy about his substance abuse issues. And yeah, uh, why? That's a little strong. I mean, I'm all for like some good banter, but I just don't think that's a good idea to bring up real life DUIs of your performers. Well, I just don't. Because you don't know what the future holds. Like what happens if Jeff Hardy gets into some real trouble in the future? And they have all this history on video of using in story. It's going to look yeah. terrible. You know, God forbid, I don't want anything to happen. But yeah. what if know, like, what if Baron Corbin sent out a tweet before a match with Matt Riddle ripping on Matt Riddle's personal situation and then reiterated <laughs> it live on the air? What if they did that? Yeah. Um, we just got, uh, what was that? A subscription. Yes. Gabe has followed us. Thank you, Gabe. Saw that pop up on the Thanks, screen. Thanks, Gabe. Nice. So... What did you make of this match, Kyle, by the way? <laughs> a total buffer match. And, you know, as you guys know, and longtime listeners of this show uh, hopefully also remember, sometimes I will argue that a DQ can be a right finish. 
in a professional wrestling match, even in 2020. It absolutely can. Mm-hmm. This was not one of those times. And I do not think this is a feud that needed to continue at all. Um, it's going to be on Raw. I mean, both guys were moved over uh, from SmackDown. I just, I don't know. Just have one guy win and be better than the other guy. And probably Elias, since he's got the big record coming out. Imagine Bruce Springsteen having been in a disqualified a week ago. Yes. <laughs> and they were put, I mean, that's honestly, now that you mentioned Justin, and I think back about the commentary during the match, this match just seemed to exist solely so they could promote that record. Because the announcer spent an inordinate amount of time talking about it. Not that, you know, you shouldn't promote merch, but I don't know. It was, this match did not need to happen. Yeah, you could have easily done this on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we had some confusion in our our uh, text messaging as we were talking through this match because I w- I was <laughs> typing out with comic book stuff from the first match, and all of a sudden Kyle texts me and so Kyle, you want to take us through the finish of this match <laughs> because I oh, was well, not yeah. paying attention. Yeah, well, Jeff Hardy just got mad and hit him with the guitar, and that was it. And then yeah. I texted you guys i said you know basically exactly what i said i'm like sometimes dq be right finish not here and ryan trossi texts me back he's like well good thing they didn't do a dq finish and i said my god <laughs> because we had we had we hadn't had any talk at all about that match at that point yeah. so i thought we were still talking about the opening match and i had just seen on twitter some people were like wait a second uh did how did that first match end? Did he actually say I quit? So I thought you were referring to that. Thought it in the DQ. <laughs> well, yeah, well then you you were like, oh, it's a good thing they didn't do a DQ finish. And I was like, my God, I've done a lot of drugs in this life, but <laughs> did I just miss see a, a? Did I just miss see the DQ finish? I'm like, because I was actually during the match. To be blunt, I was doing some work myself. Oh, and I say drugs. All right. No, um, <laughs> that's after the podcast. I always stay drug free for these podcasts. Yes. Um, you know, I am a professional first, Ryan. I, I'm not. But, uh, okay. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, and I, and I looked up, and when I heard the DQ finish, I'm like, oh, shit, was there like a roll-up or something I missed? But then I was like, no, Ryan Drosty is, you know, it was, it was fake news, quite frankly. <laughs> it was. All right, so let's move on from that to uh, what they've been doing with this uh, Otis and Miz situation, the court case over the money in the bank contract. My goodness. I'm going to admit it, and I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. I did not hate the Law and Otis segment on Friday Night SmackDown. You know, as someone who's covered SmackDown and seen a lot of really shitty television for the last several years over on comicbook.com, I will say I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. In terms of like a WWE style production, I mean, those things can get bad. Like you said, I mean, sometimes they're like, oh God, like you're still looking around, like you hope like no one in your family walks in the room Mm -hmm. catching you watch it. Like that was perfectly acceptable. It was was campy wrestling. I mean, it it reminded me of, I don't know, stuff they would have done in like 1980. Seven or something, and and it worked because it was aware. That's what it was trying to get yes. for, and it set up a match, which we got here. And Otis, guess uh, that wasn't the right call to have the brief. <laughs> so I guess Vince McMahon lost out on this argument because uh, apparently they've been wanting to take the money in the bank off of Otis for a while, but Vince has really been set on keeping it with Otis. Vince is a huge fan of Otis. Uh, I mean, you can go back and listen to our post Money in the Bank show. None of us were ever a fan. We, I think Otis is entertaining, but he's not. He has Mr. Money a in the place bank. on the card, but that that his character does not fit the Money in the Bank holder at all. And right. I think we all made that point after the Money in the Bank show. We're like, this is a very odd person to hold the briefcase because the idea of Otis being a world champion is ridiculous. Right? Yeah, the only way that would have worked is 
him getting nuked by Roman Reigns in an attempted cash-in. What if, you know, I was thinking about it, actually, because I, I didn't see this coming, that they were going to switch the briefcase. This is an idea that obviously can no longer happen. I kind of like the idea, although Mandy's on the different show, of, like, Mandy really encouraging, like, Otis to go for it. But it just to be like a setup on Otis where he gets nuked and then Mandy is like Roman's valet just to add to that package. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of like Summer Ray was down in FCW. I mean, that was that was a good act. I mm. thought they had not and I thought that would have been just perfect. Yeah. But that's <laughs> yeah. not what they're doing. Oh. Uh Greg in the chat room, our good friend Greg says, as yet another person blocked by JBL. I can put my bitterness aside and say the trial was a fun skit. <laughs> I'm a proud person who's been blocked by JBL. I love it. Oh yeah, but no, we got so we got the Miz now with the with the Money in the Bank contract, and we got the uh, Otis and Tucky split afterwards. Tucky, yes. Why Tucky? Why? Yeah. Why Tucky? Why? Uh, they're on different brands, so you really can't do this feud unless if they're on opposite Survivor Series teams. And yeah. other than that. You really can't do it. <laughs> that goes back to my original thought about this pay-per-view. Something good happens, and my first thought is, yeah. aren't they on separate brands? Yeah, I, I, I double-checked immediately. I was like, wait, that made no sense. Um, I guess that keeps Tucker relevant. You know, we joked, was it like last show or two shows ago? We were talking about Tucker and like, you know, how he's kind of, you know, lost seemingly moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I guess this puts a little heat on him, so... That, that's something for him. What do we think about Miz as the new briefcase holder? I, you know, you talk about people thinking, oh, maybe he's going to cash in tonight. I think they've got to heat him up for a while till we start thinking about that because the way he's been booked over the last, what, year or so, mm-hmm. he's been booked like a low mid card guy. Yeah. So they've got to, they've got to kind of get him rolling again before they do something with that. To- totally agree. I would love to see another Miz title reign. Uh, I'm just curious if, you know, all he's mentioned in multiple interviews where all he really wants to see is Morrison get a title run. So I wonder if they'll do some shenanigans to get the money in the bank briefcase to him. Hmm. Gift it to him, maybe around Christmas time or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I could Hell of a gift. Yeah. Uh, we know how WWE is kind of weird about bringing up random history sometime. Uh, the Miz did cash in on Randy Orton mm. way back when. So I wonder if that's something that they're going to bring up Mm, now that randy orton is the champion how amazing would it be if they got that girl onto one of the screens oh when he cashes in they get her to do it again miss girl yeah miss girl yeah the famous gif yeah that'd be good um so we had the interview from tucky after the match kayla's asking why he did it he says we were supposed to be a team but i was the workhorse i carried the load i did everything for that man i treated him like a brother for what I was always an afterthought. And he says he gave him the confidence to ask out Mandy. He had his back for all these years, but Otis can't tie his own shoes without him. Survivor mm. Series, here we go. Everyone's the pining real- for this match, yes. Here's the real story. Ryan Drosty, professional journalist, apparently loves calling Tucker Tucky. That's what <laughs> we like- all refer to him as, Tucky. I mean, his vest says Tucky. Does it? Okay, yeah, like, I don't pay that it's much. Like, it's like Michael Cole with Shin. <laughs> in our Slack chat over on Comic Book, uh, everyone always just calls him Tucky. One of a, one of the writers Tucky. over there is actually a huge <laughs> Otis fan, so he's always quoting Tucky. Yeah, so it's, it's a habit now, out of the job. So they followed that up with Sasha Bailey, and um, 
One of the most contrived lines ever. Michael Cole. Here comes the boss of the cell. Sasha Banks makes her entrance. And um, this is the this was the match that I did the long form article on on comic book. And I was recapping like every little thing that happened. Uh, a lot of it we already mentioned, like the stuff that I talked about, especially the part where uh, Bailey was trying to tie or uh, not tie duct tape the two sticks together which didn't work out so well i thought the psychology early was just kind of lacking you know like as i was trying to recap the match it would be like back and forth back and forth like nobody went on a run with offense like someone do a move the other person do a move someone do a move another person (laughs) but like finally towards the end we had like more working over your opponent and stuff and that's when it really heated up and i mean like i said in the opening i really liked the match but early uh, the first few minutes it was just all over the place i thought the closing sequence was great. You know, let's talk about the middle portion because I texted you guys this. I feel that in WWE, and maybe it's modern wrestling in general, th- there are too many long get heat on the babyface segments where the announcers spend like five, oh my God, can this person possibly recover? Oh, I've never seen someone get beaten up like this. They'll never be the same again. There's a lot of that, whereas I feel like in the 80s and 90s, the baby face would sometimes read the room, so to speak. Obviously, we don't have a live crowd here, so it'd be harder to do and maybe a, a, a moot point. But they would just kind of like do a brief comeback to try to get the crowd back with them. I just feel like these long heat segments of the baby face sometimes, I get bored. Yeah. In these long matches. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it, it was very good. The meteora off the table into the cage was a great spot. Yeah. Now, there's yes. a lot of meteoras in this match. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other great spot was the uh, Bailey's running sunset flip into the power bomb yes. into the chair. But that's the thing about this match is I'd start to get into it, and then something would happen, or they would do something that'd take me out of it, like like the duct tape with the kendo sticks. And then it was like all of a sudden, why was Bailey's chair right up against the cage, right by the door, so she could pull it in? That uh, was she, that was bizarre. I noted that too. Like, who who did that? Who put that there? It's yeah. Just, so weird, but uh, I, the thing I love the best, you know, that great callback to the NXT Brooklyn match at the end with uh, Sasha stomping the chair repeatedly to get the submission. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did have to explain to my daughter what a fire extinguisher was at that portion in the match as we were watching. She's like, what was that? <laughs> what is that I hate thing? that spot. I yeah. hate that spot. What do they do now going forward? Sasha and Bailey are on the same brand. Are they going to keep the feud going? Or are they going to like somehow keep them separate? Because if you're going to keep them separate, it's odd that they're going to be on the same brand because it's pretty hard to do, you know, given the depth of a women's division on one brand. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be weird to just abruptly end it here. I don't think we've, I think they're going to, there's going to be something on SmackDown. I really do. So were you surprised Sasha won tonight? I I guess the betting odds were very high in her favor. I had not monitored that. I saw somebody tweet it, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. When it didn't go on last, I was like, oh, Bailey must be retaining. Right. No, I I wasn't surprised that she won. I would have picked Banks to win, but I don't know how you just end it after all of this at this point. I mean, I guess it's the type of match that would feel like a blow-off, but like they just kind of started the feud not too long ago. So, yeah. It would be super nice if they could pause it to get a Mania match, but I, I, you know, as Kyle pointed out, I don't know how they do that with how thin that that women's roster is on SmackDown. They should have just done what Justin Joint proposed on this program mm-hmm. several weeks ago. That was that was the storyline. I hate when somebody proposes like a storyline that's going to be better 
guaranteed to be better than what they actually do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, as soon as Justin said that and they didn't do it, it kind of took me out of this a little bit. For those who weren't listening, yeah, you can check back at the archives for that. It was a very good idea by Justin Joy. Was that two weeks ago, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, or maybe three. Okay, while, you know yeah. these things. Yeah, the yeah. idea was that Sasha that they would have been split up. Sasha would have won the Rumble, and that's how they we would have got to the blow off match. I'm I'm pretty sure it was the draft podcast where I also got excited about a potential Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan feud, for completely forgetting they had a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> he texts us about that a few days later. Yeah, my yeah. God. And then I, my response was, "So did I." <laughs> the uh, the Raw women's roster has a lot more wrestlers than the SmackDown. I know it's a three-hour show. I mean, uh, I guess they're obviously Charlotte's... pushing Bianca. They're yeah, obviously Bi- pushing Bianca. I, I I really like that showcase match she got uh, on Friday. Is Charlotte still technically on Raw? Yes. So yes. unless they did a trade or something, like you could see her getting worked in. But I, I think, yeah, you heat up Bianca for several months. But yeah, I mean, you look at the list of the roster and it's like, Billy Kay, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Tamina, Zelina oh, Vega. God. That's it. That's the entire women's roster on SmackDown. Unless if you call somebody up from NXT. So I like mean, they can heat up Bianca, but you don't like how long. You don't do want you to have go to that to right that? away. Yeah. Like it'd be better to build her up for a little bit longer. So yeah, I, I think the feud is probably going to continue, actually, despite the fact we just had a babyface win at Hell in a Cell. I mean, just because there's there's really no nothing else, else to go. do. Yeah, you can't go anywhere else right now. So, all right. So, I mean, where do we go with retribution? Oh, Your boys, boy. <laughs> yeah, that next match. Uh, they set up the match earlier in the show. Bobby Lashley taking on Slapjack, Shane Thorne. Boy, Slapjack. <laughs> uh, or Shane Thorne. Boy, could you make retribution be any less significant? Like they don't win. <laughs> They're in these throwaway <laughs> matches. Who cares? I mean, the hurt they're... business was basically burying him in the promo. Like when MVP's like, "All right, we got Lashley." It's like Lashley. Who do you want to wrestle? It's like, and they throw it to Shelton and Cedric, and they're like, "Maybe T Bone." And they laughed. And to be honest, I mean, T Bone's pretty stupid fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they're like, "Oh no, what's that other guy's name?" Slapjack, and they're all like laughing. And it's like, yeah, they're killing these guys, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Retribution's the next four horsemen. They ain't. <laughs> but you could at least like give, you know, pretend that you're going to push them because, you know, when they kind of tease Hurt Business versus Retribution, I think everybody was like, okay, that's a Survivor Series match, yeah. right? You've got two factions, very easy. That's coming up. <laughs> Will anyone care by the time we get to Survivor Series? And how much longer is Retribution going to be even around? I mean, might as well get Hunter and Sean out there. You know, throw them in the old crate and, you know, put the NXT sticker on like they did the <laughs> Spirit Squad. That was an OVW sticker. <laughs> Someone asked in the chat earlier, by the way, if uh, if we thought there was going to be traditional matches at the Survivor Series. Um, traditional Survivor Series matches. I, I assume so. I hope so. I like well, seeing that tradition. So I'm sure you guys caught the commercial because it aired multiple times during the pay-per-view. They're really pushing this Undertaker 30th anniversary thing. Yeah. And in my notes, I wrote that. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, I guess a pretty good selling point. Uh, and it's, I hate the completely uninteresting brand versus brand thing. I hate how they do that, especially right after a draft. That's the thing. They're holding the draft now in the fall. And, you know, like the idea of Team Raw versus Team SmackDown when these guys have just been moved is, is really lame. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, I hope, I like, 
tradi- quote unquote traditional Survivor Series matches. They just don't know how to book them compel- in a compelling way. Yeah. They being WWE. Maybe for, you know, we are recording another edition of Top Rope Nation Classics for our Patreon page this week. Uh, there'll be a preview up on our podcast feed on Friday, but maybe then we can do an, an old Survivor Series show. Yeah, next I with thought about that. Good traditional Survivor Series matches. That would be a lot of fun for our for our November Top Rope Nation Classics show. But uh, yeah, we had Bobby Lashley get the win here. As I mentioned, Retribution never wins. Clean as a sheet. Yep. And uh, afterwards, they got he got attacked by Retribution. Out came the Hurt Business for the save. And uh, yeah, well, not before Lashley fought them all off by himself. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't make them look strong at all. The, yeah, the four-on-one heel beatdown. Yeah, and the bait and the baby face uh, fights them all off before his friends come and save him. That time-tested wrestling staple. Yeah. So Randy and Drew in the main event, fellas. Um, Started pretty slow, I gotta say. Uh, early on, I wasn't too into this match. I now the the, the opening was all right uh, with uh, Orton dressed up as a cameraman or whatever he was, or one of the ring crew, and then he ambushed Drew. But I do have to say, we should have been tipped off by the fact that we had the babyface world champion entering first. That some shenanigans were at tradition play. bites. And by the way, Randy Orton wearing pants. Yes, Who would have ever was, imagined? That was the first thing in my notes. Randy Orton, pants? A lot of people are commenting on that, how he, yeah, he was wearing pants for a while. Uh, he eventually took them off a few minutes into the match, but he did wrestle in pants for a Don't little Don't we all? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the t-shirt I sent you earlier today. Ray Gun here in Iowa. Uh, I'm wearing pants t-shirt to, uh, that you can wear as you're in your Zoom I'm meetings. wearing pants. I'm wearing pants, everybody. There's Kyle. Prove no, it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's a running joke on this podcast. Is Kyle wearing pants as we record? Told him he should get the t-shirt. I'm wearing pants. There you go. Visual no proof. No Jeffrey Tubin stuff here. No, no. <laughs> oh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I watched that last night, by the way. I thought Borat 2 was not very good. I was excited to watch thought it. thought you were. Not great. I laughed a lot. I thought it was good. I watched it today. Really? I have yeah. not seen it yet. Very, big fan of the first one. Didn't think the second one was that as funny. It's had it has parts, but you know. Oh no, it was nothing. Does it's not touching the first one, but I, I still laughed a lot yeah. out loud. I LOL'd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LOL, Larry. Uh, <laughs> when did Rudy Giuliani start to look like Alfred Hitchcock? <laughs> By the way. Oh man, I mean he is obese. Let's get Rudy and Borat in a uh, a match at WrestleMania. There we go. <laughs> Vince has his connections to get a hold of Rudy. For that Rosie O'Donnell, remember the Rosie versus Donald Trump match that yeah. we got? Oh, boy. Anyways, so McIntyre dominates the early portion of the match over Randy. He comes in for a Claymore kick, but Orton uses a chair to shift the momentum, and then he uses the chair on Drew's jaw. That was good to you know, call back to the punt kick injury thing that they do with him where he's holding the chair over the top of him and pushing down on, on Drew. Um... This is where I noted in my notes, Randy wrestled part of the match wearing crew pants. Then he ditched them. Uh, then there was this this part where Randy was grinding Drew's face into the cage on the outside where he says, want me to tell you what I see? I see a big Scott getting his ass kicked. That's what I see. That was good. That was funny. I laughed. Uh, Drew fights back, and then Randy sends his shoulder first into the ring steps. Randy sets up a table against the cage on the outside, but back in the ring, Drew fights back with some punches to the gut. 
Randy turns it back with a neck breaker. Orton gloats a bit, and then Drew fights back again. Clotheslines, an overhead belly to belly, then a second. They go to the outside. Drew throws Randy through the table. Drew talks some trash, and they go into the ring. Orton uses the ropes as a low blow, hits the hanging DDT for a near fall. Orton takes out some bolt cutters, because why wouldn't there be bolt cutters underneath the ring? There always is in the hell of a cell. <laughs> to get out of the cell, Orton walks up the ramp like he's done, but then Drew ambushes him from behind. And Randy changes course, throws Drew into the cell. At this point, they say, there has to be a reason Randy Orton's out here right now. Well, they just told us the reason was he wanted to walk off, but apparently not. Um, so then I Randy... thought other than, other than Michael Cole having a pretty funny reference to uh, Corey Graves dating a former cheerleader. I did not like the announcing on this show at all. Announcing was not great. was not great. Randy climbs up to the top of the cage, and did you guys notice that they've cut holes into the side of the cell now to make it easier to climb? Did you not catch only that? that? Not only that, but when they climbed down, there were the... foot pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So noted that uh, it was a really cool visual. I thought where Randy was on the top of the cage and they had the camera low, like looking up at him with Drew sitting there. That was cool. I appreciated that from like a filming perspective. What about what about when they missed the big bump? <laughs> so yes. <laughs> so Drew climbs up. They fight across the cage. The the, the cage is sagging. I wonder what it takes to reinforce those cages, by the way, after what happened with Mick Foley back in the day. But safety first. The, the cage is sagging, but no one's falling through this time. Uh, Randy hits him with like this big red, red piece of steel or something that kind of looked like a red lightsaber. I don't know if you guys thought. Did you think that, Justin? You're a big Star Wars guy. Uh, he... Yeah, a little bit. Either that or like a rodo- robotic dog penis. <laughs> that was what I thought. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. All right. So I saw the lightsaber. Uh, a lot of people mentioned it on Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they fight over the other side. So now they're on the announced side. And then at this point, you know, all right, someone's going through the table. They like gingerly fought down the side of the cage, you know, very carefully. And uh, Drew gets his head thrown in the cage a couple times. Uh, Randy's pulling at his, his hands to get him off the cage. And then Drew takes the hard bump. Through the table, which they, as Kyle mentioned, didn't get a great angle of live. No, Vince despite, is probably losing it backstage at this point. Despite what 110 camera cuts during this match, let's <laughs> miss the climactic spot. <laughs> do, 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 do. Randy climbs down. Drew's bleeding out of his mouth at this point. I thought this was good. Randy was like stalking his prey as Drew's kind of he crawling around. He is the apex around. predator. Yep. Drew's crawling around, you know, trying to make it back to the ring. He gets through the door. They Randy helps him back into the ring, and at this point, like Drew is hacking on his blood, he's coughing and stuff, which you can hear very clearly with there no being maybe low. that's why they didn't do blood in the first match. Yeah, maybe. Jamin. Uh, Randy goes for an RKO, but Drew counters it into a backslide. Play, a nice callback from the SummerSlam match, yep. which is how Drew won. Near fall. Uh, at this point, he hits the Claymore, but both men are down. Randy rolls to the outside. Drew collapses in the ring. Uh, Drew goes to the outside, rolls Orton back into the ring, goes for a Claymore again. Uh, this time it's going to be like the running Claymore. He's positioned in the corner. Um, but Orton dodges it, hits the RKO, covers, clean pinfall. New champion. Ties Triple H, 14-time uh, world champion. So they're both, I guess they're tied in second place behind Cena and Flair with their 16. 
Hunter's going to come out of retirement to one-up him. <laughs> you know what's coming. Yes. I do not like the optics of Randy Orton being the champion in the year 2020. I don't care how, quote-unquote, good of a year he's had. I just don't agree with it. I spoke at great length. I know that was our SummerSlam preview because I was very passionate that Drew McIntyre needed to win that match. He did. Uh, he then won the ambulance match, which was good. And I don't get the booking of the third time ain't the charm for the baby face. You know, or I guess that doesn't even make sense. He wins the first two and then he loses the third match. I I don't know. I, I don't know if I understand where they're going here. Then I did see some people talking on Twitter about, well, if they're doing that, the, the brand versus brand stuff at Survivor Series, they probably don't want to do Drew and Roman. Because that's, a, I mean, they did it at WrestleMania two years ago, and it didn't mean much, quite frankly. But theoretically, that's a match that could mean a lot down the line if those two are built properly. And maybe they just didn't want to do that match. Yeah. I thought it was kind of predictable um, when they went back to this because the ambulance match seemed like a natural blow off. It bring back all the legends and everything. And then it's like, why are we getting another match in a hell in a cell? And I think I was the only person in the comic book.com preview that picked Orton to win just because I felt like, you know, they're, they're not doing this unless he's winning okay. the title. Well, you're psychoanalyzing WWE correctly, but does that make it correct? No, like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes, I, I like, yes. like, I get it. You, you, my kudos to you for being able to understand the bizarre psychology of WWE, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's correct what they did. I, I just, Randy Orton's a guy who's been around for a long time. I just think, and I know this doesn't happen much. People say Kyle casual viewers don't really exist, but if you're having somebody scroll through the channels, oh, who's the champion of WWE now? And they see Randy Orton in 2020. I just, I just think it's bad optics. Again, the guys had a, a good year. He's had a much better year than I thought Randy Orton would have had in 2020. But I just don't think he should be the champion. I think that's that's interesting you say that because that's a point. I interviewed McIntyre a couple of months ago, and we talked a little bit about his title reign. And he talked about the optics of having a new champion for someone who's just – he brought that point up exactly. You know, you're, well, you're flipping through the channels, and he liked the fact – this was in the build to SummerSlam – and he liked the fact that there were some legends involved because he said, like, you might click over out of curiosity. Oh, there's Ric Flair. There's Shawn Michaels. Oh, and who's this new guy that's the champion? Hmm, I might He's associated with those guys. I might be interested in him. He looks pretty cool. And that's, like, a good way to get over the new yes! champion, right? So he was yes! a big fan of that and bringing back those guys because it positioned him well. And honestly, I felt like they have positioned Drew McIntyre very well all year. And I don't like this decision at all. I, you're right, Kyle. I don't. I don't like him losing to Randy Orton because it's just such a callback. And, and the way he lost, I know he fell off the cell, but we've been conditioned. We've seen that a lot. Yeah. You know. I mean, again, yeah. I've never taken a bump. Okay, wrestlers, you can rip me all you want. Okay, I'm just some asshole sitting in his basement. <laughs> uh, but you know, I just don't think that was a good way for him to even lose. Forget about the fact that he did lose. Like mm -hmm. the way he lost, just you know, pretty clean to the RKO. Not the way I would have done it. Right. I remember when you had to have a, a signed note from God to beat the babyface champ back in the Hogan days. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the finish yeah. they did, you know, yeah. on NBC in the main event or, you know, all the interference they did when the ultimate warrior loses Sergeant Slaughter. And I'm going back a ways here, dating myself perhaps. But I just think, you know, for Orton to be the champion and for him to win with just an RKO in 2020. Yeah. 
You've said that. You've, I mean, that's one of your, your most famous lines on this show, Kyle, is WWE doesn't know how to book baby faces these days. No, they don't. You know, here they, you go. Another example, right? They, they love, you know, I mean, with Roman, it's funny. They didn't book him well as a baby face, and now everyone loves him as a heel. Yeah. And AEW, for the record, is guilty of that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that at some point down the line with their booking of that uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega feud. Yeah. Greg in the chat. Randy Orton has the charisma of late '90s Brutus Beefcake and the heel face turn logic to match. McIntyre needed more time as champ. Greg is not a Randy Orton fan. I'll tell you that he does not manage his fan club. <laughs> I I know Greg well, and he is rarely in the time I've known him said positive things about Randy Orton. I think he's a little too harsh, perhaps sometimes on Randy Orton. But uh, we, yeah. we say that as a podcast where if you scroll back into our archives, you will find a show titled "The People versus Randy Orton." But I will say we've been a lot more, I don't know if fair is the right word, but we've been more high on Randy Orton this year for multiple reasons, even outside of wrestling. But he doesn't need the world championship. I mean, let's get real. So, I mean, what are, I mean, I guess Keith Lee, if they just don't go right back to Orton McIntyre. I mean, I don't, that's the thing too. If you're not going right back to Orton McIntyre, what's Drew doing? I mean, who's going to be his diversion? You know, it wasn't like somebody helped Randy Orton. That's the easy way to do it. If somebody interferes and Drew McIntyre is pissed off and goes off and feuds with that guy for a few months. But they didn't even do that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it in a previous podcast. The way to save this is it's got to be a short reign and it's got to be Edge uh, costing Randy the title back to Drew. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. I mean, I guess that's all, you know, dependent on Edge's, you know, how he feels. I was trying to remember how long Edge was supposed to be out. I was thinking it, it was, was around January. Like yeah. early. Edge, Edge always seems to come back pretty quick from injuries in the past. But he's older now. Yeah. We all are. So, I don't know. I was just Googling here to see if I saw anything about him coming up. Um, there was one report back in July that said he was going to be out about six months. So, yeah, I mean, that's around January. Royal Rumble, oh, mm-hmm. mania season. Um you know, it's almost like they planned it this way, but uh, they had a documentary after the show. I don't know if you guys caught it. I had it out in the background here while, while the pod was starting, uh, detailing the Randy Orton Undertaker feud of 2005. Do you think they do Randy Orton and the Undertaker at Survivor Series? Talk oh about boy. optics. Oh, boy. For the 30th that, anniversary? For the championship? That, sound, <laughs> that sounds exactly like something the WWE would do. I mean, with that doc- <laughs> And by the way, The Undertaker, look, God bless the guy, okay? I know there's a lot of people that love The Undertaker. This guy in this documentary had the cojones to talk about how he's never cared about preserving his spot. <laughs> I was in absolute freaking tears. I was like, he's like, you know, there are a lot of old guys. They just care about holding on to their spot, stand on top of the car. And I've always wanted to pass it on to the next generation. I'm like, are you ribbing me? <laughs> that is pretty funny. I'm going to have to catch it. I'll probably he turn it He said it with the straightest face possible, too. I mean, he, he really believed it, I think. I will I will probably turn it on after we wrap the yeah. show. And I'm I literally, yeah, I've version. heard it all now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, though, I mean, it was an entertaining watch. You know, I there's worse ways to spend a Sunday evening. I enjoyed it for the most part. And, uh, you know, we had three cell matches that were worthy of talking about and some buffer in between. And, hey, it Not was Michael fun. Buffer. No, it was, it was a lot of fun to do this live stream here. We will be bringing back uh, this format on the YouTube page for 
pay-per-views in the future. You know, we'll probably be doing this for AEW for sure for Survivor Series. So if you had fun, if you enjoy getting involved in the chat room, or if you're listening to our podcast feed and you want to be with us next time, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash Nation. If you want the weekly live video feeds of the podcast, again, patreon.com slash Nation. We do that for patrons. And as always, you can tune into the uh, the weekly show on a, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, we're on iHeartRadio, TopRopeNation.com, wherever you get your podcasts, hit us up with the subscription, we would appreciate it, leave us a five-star review while you're at it, and a written review. If you leave us a written review on Apple, and you leave us your Twitter or Instagram username in the review so I can get a hold of you, I will send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail for your troubles. So do that. Help out the show. Subscribe on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of fun in the months ahead. Do you know what's going to else going to be a lot of fun, Ryan Drosty? What? Watching the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football tomorrow night? Hopefully. It's not what I was going to bring up at all, <laughs> quite frankly. I had to get uh, that I, in there. I was going to talk about uh, our next show that we're going to do. Yes. When we talk about it. Get back in the Wayback Machine all the way to 1986. The furthest back we've gone in the Wayback Machine. Yes. Uh, November uh, of 86, right? Yes. So and Saturday it, night's main event. Yes. The first Saturday night's main event I ever watched. Here we go. As a six-year-old child. I just it is just when I started watching pro wrestling. That was the first Saturday night's main event. So if you think Kyle's going to do the... In- Kyle's going to do the entire show in a little kid's voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to record it this week. Uh, and then, you know, subscribe on all the podcast feeds because there will be a, a free teaser going out. But as always, the classic shows once a month, those are for our patrons. Appreciate you guys so much for subscribing to our Patreon page. We give you that exclusive content. And uh, yeah, this one's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. So look for that at the end of this week. And all you patrons can go from saying, Jesus, this Kyle guy is so harsh <laughs> in his critiques, too. My God, he's being so positive about this. We rave on these classic shows. They're so yeah. much fun. I mean, you get a little taste of that in our, yeah. our podcast last yeah. week on Halloween Havoc, I think, yeah. too. Yeah, and the genesis of doing a Sarn Spain event is, I kind of think I just threw it in the, out in the middle of the show, is it was such an easy watch. And this is another point I'll be harping on. If you are that person who's just scrolling through the channels and says, oh, here's pro wrestling. Let me stop and watch. You're not like a diehard fan. Saturday Night's Main Event did such a tremendous job of cluing a first-time viewer into what was going on in the promotion. It is so unlike today. What if you're not following the promotion, you're just saying, what is this? What's going on? That show was so effective in doing that. I think that's a very uh, underrated component of why WWF was very successful during that time period. Yeah, I, if you if you want to relive it with us, uh, it's about an hour and six minutes to watch on the uh, on the network, I believe, because those shows are ninety minutes with commercials. So easy, easy watch. Gonna be a lot of fun. Looking I mean, to it. a Hulk Hogan Hercules main event. I mean, who's not in? Man? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. You'll get the preview on the regular podcast feeds before uh on friday i guess it'll be friday morning this week so a lot of fun thanks for joining us here tonight on youtube and uh justin and kyle always a pleasure we'll be talking in a couple of days (laughs) uh with that said this has been episode 181 (laughs) of top rope nation thanks a lot we'll catch you guys next time
Peace.